Welcome to Tax Troubles, an accounting podcast that dives deeper into the financial troubles of Hollywood's most famous celebrities. I am your host, Megan Hagmeyer, and here are my tax enthusiast co-hosts. I'm Jackie Barnes. I'm Gracie Hall. And I'm Ashton Blankenship. On today's episode, as you may have guessed from our opening music, we will be talking about the infamous Declaration of Independence thief himself, Nicolas Cage. You have surely heard about Nicolas Cage, or at least some of his most famous productions, such as National Treasure, or even his award-winning performance in Leaving Las Vegas. Some adore his quirkiness, while others probably feel like something might actually be wrong with the guy. Whatever the case may be, he's definitely an intriguing person. But did you know that at one time, he wound up owing almost $14 million to the IRS? That's a pretty steep debt. So. How did someone who is once one of the top five highest paid actors in Hollywood fall so far and so fast? It is pretty simple. He blew through $150 million and went broke in only a few years. Let's see how that came to be by looking first at how he gained his fortune. Jackie, do you wanna start us off? Sure, Megan, I'd love to. Although many may not know this, Cage was actually born Nicholas Coppola, as in Hollywood stars Francis Ford Coppola and Sofia Coppola giving him a natural advantage in gaining Hollywood success. His uncle, famed director Francis Ford Coppola, helped jumpstart Cage's early career by giving him roles in his films Rumblefish and Peggy Sue Got Married. Despite this boost, Cage chose his stage name in the hopes of escaping from his uncle's shadow and reaching stardom independently of his family. In the 80s and 90s, he was pretty successful in this goal further establishing himself as a star with performances in movies like Raising Arizona, Moonstruck, and even an Oscar win for Leaving Las Vegas. However, as his career grew, so did his spending, and by the early 2000s, he was becoming just as well known for his excessive purchases as he was for his acting. What an impressive family background. Talk about the pressure to succeed as a movie star. Gracie, can you tell us about what all he bought with this excessive spending? With all the millions Cage made over the years, he blew it very quickly on the biggest and wildest purchases. Most wealthy people are stereotyped for owning yachts. Not only did Cage buy one yacht, but he bought four. To go with these four private yachts, Cage spent $3 million on a private island located in the Bahamas. That must have been super convenient for planning vacations. I really wish I had had a private island I could have gone to during our COVID-19 quarantine. Me too, Megan. Speaking of quarantine, he also purchased some interesting animals to keep him company. While the average person loves to buy a cute, cuddly pet like a dog or cat, Cage decided his furry companions would be two albino cobras for $276,000, a crocodile, a shark, and an octopus for $150,000. Those are some really unique family pets to have. Is there anything else out of the ordinary that he purchased with his fortune? Definitely. Cage was also very interested in artifacts and history, which I guess made him an appropriate casting choice for National Treasure. He once bid out Leonardo DiCaprio for a $276,000 dinosaur school and is known to have many more in his possession. An even stranger purchase Nicolas Cage made was several pygmy shrunken heads for a large sum of money. What? He bought heads? To help those who are listening, pygmy heads are typically used as trophies or for trading purposes in many Amazonian tribes. If you're familiar with Harry Potter, they are the talking heads found on the night bus in the third movie to give you a visualization. 
He spent half a million dollars on a Lamborghini from the Shah of Iran and accumulated an army of vehicles having totaled 50 cars and 30 motorcycles. At one point, Cage spent an enormous amount of money on comic books, and he had a collection worth several million dollars, including the first ever Superman comic. He acquired a nine-foot-tall pyramid-shaped tomb in New Orleans for $40,000. Why would you even want to buy a $40,000 tomb? And where in the world did Cage keep all of these huge purchases? Well, Megan, he kept them in places all around the world. Cage bought 15 mansions and estates from around the U.S. to across the globe, including a $25 million waterfront home in Newport Beach, California, a $15.7 million countryside estate in Newport, Rhode Island, and an $8.5 million home in Las Vegas, and numerous other mansions in San Francisco, Bel Air, and New York for over $2 million. He also bought two European castles for $12.3 million and a $3.4 million famous haunted house in New Orleans, the LaLaurie Mansion, featured in season three of the hit TV show American Horror Story. He also purchased a Gulfstream jet to travel to his islands, private mansions, and around the world. These are just a few examples of what Cage blew his fortune on. He really did blow through so much money in such a short amount of time. So, how did all of this get him in trouble with the IRS? Well, as you can imagine, all of these purchases also come with a lot of taxes. Cage wrote off $3.3 million worth of personal expenses, covering everything from limos to gifts to his personal jet expenditures between the years 2002 and 2007. Cage also managed to rack up over $6 million in property taxes for his real estate purchases that Gracie has just mentioned. Cage was also able to get away with this for several years by assigning the expenses to his production company, Saturn Productions of Los Angeles. Obviously, his stealth didn't last for long, because in 2009, the IRS filed a $6.2 million tax lien on Cage twice, once in July and then once in December. Don't most celebrities just pay someone to handle their finances? What role did his accountant or manager play, and why didn't he prevent this tax fiasco? Yes, that's the funny thing. Cage did have a business manager, Samuel Levin, who has since come out and said how he had done everything short of cutting up Cage's credit cards to try and get him to cut back on his spending. Another, let's say, interesting aspect of this relationship is that Levin was, un was never under any contract with Nicholas to be his manager. It was only a verbal agreement. Wow, it seems like Levin was just trying to help him out. Now, I wouldn't go as far to say Levin was completely innocent in this whole situation. While Cage was the one who was signing the checks and swiping the all the credit cards, Levin also played a part in the whole ordeal. I mean, he, w he was the one who defended Cage in court for his personal write-offs and claimed that they were necessary for the celebrity security. Even with this, Cage sued Levin and asked Los Angeles courts for $20 million in damages against his manager. And then Levin came back and countered Cage for $129,000 for unpaid services for doing his tax returns. Luckily, this, is all, luckily, this is all seems a gray area and was confirmed with both cases being dismissed before they even made it to court. They are both super lucky it never made it as far as going to court. What happened to Cage in the end? Did he or his manager go to jail for their quote-unquote unintentional tax evasion? Well, in the end, he was able to avoid jail time, but he definitely wasn't let off easy. He appealed the IRS's claims in the U.S. tax court, but he lost the appeals process. And like Ashlyn mentioned, his attempt to recover some of his losses by suing his business manager was also unsuccessful. This case being dismissed forced Cage to resort to selling many of his major assets and investments, sometimes at a significant loss, to pay off his millions in tax debt. 
This was especially true of the numerous mansions he tried to sell. 2009 was in the thick of the housing crisis and the Great Recession, so definitely not the ideal time to try and sell multiple million dollar homes. In fact, he actually had to foreclose on a couple of his homes, including his mansion in Bel Air and a couple in New Orleans, after which they were put up for auction. One of the more interesting things he sold off besides property was actually his copy of the first ever Superman comic. Superman? Is there any special reason why he would spend such a pretty penny on a comic book? Well, I'm not sure why, but Cage was a really huge fan of Superman and comic books in general. So much so that he actually named his youngest son Ka-El, which is Superman's Kryptonian birth name. But through all of these many interesting facts about the actor, what I find the most interesting is the long-standing damage his career has suffered indirectly due to his issues with the IRS. As he became strapped for cash, he started taking on more and more low-rate movie roles to pay his bills. This typecasting in bad action movies, combined with his personal issues with drugs and domestic violence, has made it difficult for him to find the acclaimed roles he once had his fair share of. While being rich and famous comes with its perks, it does not free you from paying taxes. Despite being one of Hollywood's highest paid actors, Nicolas Cage has had an avalanche of financial problems due to this run-in with the IRS. I think we can all agree you don't want to mess with them. If you don't keep up with Cage, as I'm sure most of us don't these days, you might not know that he is rumored to have a role on an upcoming TV show about the infamous Tiger King, Joe Exotic. It will be Cage's first major television show in his whole career. With the popularity of Tiger King from this past year, perhaps this show will be what salvages Cage's acting legacy. I definitely will be looking forward to another TV show to binge. Thank you so much, Jackie, Ashlyn, and Gracie for your insightful and interesting contributions. And thank you all for joining us today. Tune in next week for another episode of Tax Troubles. Thanks for having us, Megan. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Megan.